understanding, strengthening, and spreading the Holy Face devotion with Father Lawrence Carney. This is the question and answer session which followed Father's conference called The Chaplet of the Holy Face is Like a Mini Exorcism. That conference is available on the Fatima Center's podcast. It was released on November 2nd, 2023. This episode is the second half of the first of two conferences which Father Carney gave in South Dakota. The questions were difficult to hear and understand in the original recording, so I revoiced them and spliced them in to the podcast. Our prayer is that these questions and answers will prove beneficial to your spiritual growth. Father, thank you for coming. Please comment on the differences between the Holy Name Society and the Archconfraternity of the Holy Face. Their differences, similarities, their respective natures. Yeah. So the Holy Face Society, they defend the name of God. And the Archconfraternity of the Holy Face, they defend the name of God. The object is a little bit different. It's the name. St. Bernard of Siena preached the holy name of God. He preached the Crusades. So you see the symbol IHS. That's the Holy Name Society. And the symbol for the Archconfraternity of the Holy Face is the Holy Face of Jesus Christ. So I'm not too familiar with the details in the Holy Name Society. They have their own protocols, their own ways of dealing with meetings. Uh, I think they were all men. Some of the groups, I don't know if there's a women's branch too, but I do know this. In the 1830s, the Holy Name Society in the state of New York was very powerful and very pious. It was a great thing. But the communists made them a target because in the 1930s, I may have said 1830s, 1930s, the communists were starting to try to take over America with communism. Although they failed, there's still many remnants of it, and it could possibly become a communist country here in the U.S. I think we're living a soft communism now. But anyways, they infiltrated the ranks. One of them became like the vice president, and he wrote a letter to his comrades and saying, yes, even one of our own has become next to the highest. And then the communists started, the vice president started opening elections for anybody to come. So all his communist friends started coming in. And then they started going to the bishops and priest meetings and started to smooze with them and tell them innocuous things. And then that's when the priests and the bishops, they started falling. And that's when everything caved in and that Holy Name Society got infiltrated and it really lost its direction. So this devotion hasn't gone through that yet. Maybe that's why God kind of put an eclipse in it until these times because we need it to be traditional. As I promote this with our league, I want to focus on three things. That is reparation, which both of them focus on that, the holy name and the holy face. Reparation, reverence. We need to 
have a formal group that prays for the spread of the Latin Mass. That's reverence. And reversion, that's a fancy name for fallen away Catholics to come back. But it also includes conversion with the truth, con with, veritas, truth. So those are the three aims of the League of St. Martin. We're just in cells. We just want people to join the Arch-Confraternity of the Holy Face or Confraternity of the Holy Face. There's only like five in the U.S. I can't name them all, but there's one in Denver. There's one in Detroit. There's one in Buffalo. There's one in Rockford, Illinois, and there's one somewhere else. So those need to grow. So I hope that helps. What about the Shroud of Turin and the Veil of Veronica? Is there a connection? Yes. So there is a difference between the devotion to the Shroud of Turin and the devotion to the Veil of Veronica. So they're both the face of Jesus Christ, but their background is different. The Shroud of Turin, of course, is the winding cloth. It's 12 feet long and folded over the body of Jesus when he died. And so when he rose from the dead, we think that that burned the image there in it, plus his blood from his death, too. So it's it's about his death, mostly. And then the veil of Veronica deals with the veil that Veronica used to wipe his face, and that deals with the passion. And that veil is in the epistle side of the papal altar on one of the four pillars that hold up the cupola of St. Peter's, it's on the second level, and there's a bas-relief of, of Veronica and a statue. And that veil of Veronica has its own arch confraternity. And it has a whole different devotion than the Shroud of Turin, which people have told me there's not even a confraternity that surrounds that. So this devotion is different. So when people put the Shroud of Turin on the chap of the holy face, it doesn't fit because it should be the veil of Veronica instead. Father, my question is just in general, what about the golden arrow prayer? Sure. What is the efficacy of the golden arrow prayer that we pray during the chaplet? This was another revelation given to Sister Mary St. Pierre, and it had a circumstance to it she felt that the weather was so menacing, the thunderstorm that was surrounding her that night, the thunder was so loud that she thought God was about to punish the whole world. And she woke up and survived it, and Jesus inspired her with the prayer, the golden arrow prayer. That prayer makes reparation to the, to the holy name of God, May the most holy, most adorable, most incomprehensible and ineffable name of God be forever praised, blessed, loved, and adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in the hells by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that prayer tells us how important the sacred heart is to the holy face. They go together. The sacred heart represents the humanity of Jesus Christ, and the face represents his divinity. And so Jesus Christ can adore his Father. So the Sacred Heart can adore because that is part of his humanity. But he's only one person. He's God. So the Golden Arrow Prayer also 
going back to that being contemplative men and women too. But if men leave, then women will follow. We know that. But it's like blasphemy. It's a poison arrow that is shot into heaven to wound the sacred heart of Jesus and the Godhead. But the golden arrow is like a sweet arrow of honey that shoots to the heart of God, the sacred heart, and opens it up so that mercy will come. God is a God of mercy and justice. And mercy is his greater of those virtues. But he has to have justice too. A priest told me recently that God wants the whole world to have holy priests. That's his mercy for us. But he has to be just as well. And so he takes away holy priests from the faithful whenever the world is committing sins against all the commandments, especially the first three. And that's another part about this devotion, is if we can't get the first three commandments right, how can we get the last seven right? If we're mocking God in the sanctuaries, if we're blaspheming his name as a human family, he's not going to give us a full route on abortion in the whole United States. He's not going to stop human trafficking. If we turn our back on God, we got to get reverent with him first. So I hope that helps. What is the best way to spread this devotion to everybody else that we know? Yes, the question is, how is the best way to spread this devotion? That's a good question. So, some people make chaplets of the holy face. Some people have cards printed out of the golden arrow prayer, like we do that, and we just pass them out. There's a lady who makes little scapulars of the holy face. There's a mother of a Carmelite nun who makes little sachets, and they pass them out so you can have some needlework. You can have images of the holy face printed out on little cards or even pictures and give them out to people. When I was giving a mission in Irving, Texas, there's a family that has makes these little wooden squares, and then they, they glue the holy face on there, and then they put like a clear lacquer on it, and they just give them out to people. So my advice to you is ask God, put on to your heart how you can spread it, and you'll probably come up with something good, and you can verify that with me if you want by going to our website and going to my email. And then I can confirm that, because then if you ask the priest, and he says, yes, then you have the blessing, and you know you're doing it right, instead of coming up with something that's not quite vetted or discerned correctly. Father, I wanted to thank you for coming and ask, is there a place where you have more information? For example, do you have a website? Sure. So our website is called the League of St. Martin, and it's www.martinians.org. And in there, we just have a summary way of how to do this devotion, practical things. Like how do you start little groups, little prayer groups that will fit in to this arch confraternity? This was originally promulgated by the bishops of the world. But that isn't going to happen anytime soon. So this is a movement where priests and lay people from the ground up 
are promoting it. And Abbott Anderson, who endorsed my book, he's the abbot of Clear Creek Monastery, traditional monks. He said, Father, I think God wants to use your priesthood for a movement. And I prayed. This is what came to my heart. And I told the abbot, this is what I think God wants me to do. He said, good, I'll give you my blessing. So our website is the fruit of all that. And if you go there, you can learn. There's different levels that we have. Subscribers, defenders of the name of God is the second, then archers, and then captains. And then there's different levels of captains. But it's very important because we asked the Archbishop of Tours, how does one start a new confraternity? And his grace said, the statutes need to be drafted and approved by a local ordinary. That means the bishop has to approve of them. So here's a word of the wise. Do not break bridges with your bishops. The best thing to do, pray for your bishop and the priest to become holy, holier, and especially pray for all the bishops that will come after him become holier and holier because that prayer will leave a legacy to your children and grandchildren and their grandchildren. And that's how you get a holy church. You get the pastors you pray for. Don't blame anyone else but yourselves. That means you have control to be pious. And so Venerable Leo de Pont, he was such a pious man. He was a layman. For you laymen, there's an example. 6,000 plus certified miracles. God doesn't give that to anybody for no reason. Follow him. Read the Golden Era or read the uh, Holy Man of Tours. And that will be a, a great life to exemplify. He's not even a blessed yet. He's just a venerable. So he needs to be more known so that his cause can grow and he can be canonized. Good question. For the Holy Face Scapular Father, do you wear that along with the brown scapular? Yeah, you can sew it on to a brown scapular, or it can be standalone if it has the strings. Like some of them, you can only tie them onto another scapular that you're wearing. When people enroll for the Arch Confraternity, when I got my enrollment package, I got a white scapular that has a white string on it, so I just put it on. So is there an official enrollment that we need to go through, Father? Or does this scapular have to be blessed? Not for the white one. There's no priestly blessing required. But I bless all the ones that I give out. The enrollment is becoming a member of the Arch Confraternity or a local confraternity. Well, there's no local confraternity, so you got to go to the Arch Confraternity. And there's six requirements. So you enroll, you receive the enrollment papers, you propagate it. You say, O Lord, show us thy face, and we shall be saved. Our Father, hell may our glory be every day. So that's the hard one. And then there's a monthly meeting. Well, how do you do that? you got to have people to do it. So that's why the league is promoting it. And there's one more. We have to wear an effigy of it. Yep, you have to wear a scapular or a cross that has the veil of Veronica, the holy face. Father, what do you say when you hear someone utter blasphemy? Yeah, seat nomen domina bedictum. So if anyone blasphemes, you can say, blessed be the name of God in your heart, under your breath. You can say it out loud like I do all the time. Because I'm a priest. Don't blaspheme in front of me. 
Watch out. And Verbally to Punt, when people would blaspheme, he would punch them. <laughs> because he grew up in Martinique, which is the Caribbean, and the French Revolution hadn't come over and corrupted the laws yet. There were still the laws of St. Louis there that promoted the reverence of the name of God. So when he moved to Paris, he heard blasphemy. He just punched him. This was a jerk reaction. And he learned later, well, if I'm going to get canonized, no, he didn't say that. If he said, he basically thought, well, when he heard blasphemy, he would say, man, stop blasphemy or punch me. So he turned in. That's life. That's a lot better. It's not as much fun, but it hurts. Father, I do belong to a group. Do you recommend that we meet monthly? Yes. If you want to derive the graces from it, you need to meet monthly. You can meet at home. You can have permission from your priest. But you do whatever you can. And if if you want, you can reach out to me and I can help you, coach you along. If you're too far away from a current group that meets, because basically it's a trial. For 12 months, you try it out as discernment. And then the captains have to have a certain way of thinking and a, and a relationship with their bishop. So there's all that that goes with it. And then it will either be productive or it will fail. But it's worth trying. And my observation, there's about 41 leagues now. When the people are contemplative, those leagues are really beautiful. Because God starts to do everything. He starts to make providential connections that otherwise would not have happened. And it's very neat to see. There was a lady from California who called me three days ago, and she said, Father, I almost died last year, and I was ill for months. And then I read The Holy Man of Tours, how he had a confident way of praying for a miracle. He corrected someone and said, Don't pray like that. Don't say if it be God's will. Say, heal me. And so she did that, and she prayed the litany of the Holy Face ten times, and she was like almost dead. She said, Father, I committed to do it. I knew it would take me about two hours, but I wanted to be healed. So she did it, and she got healed. Miracle. That's one of the nine promises. There will be many miracles. This is a great crowd. It's afternoon, and you're still awake and listening and asking questions. Ah... Yes, I almost died. In 2019, I almost died, so food is my medicine. So, I'm weak, very weak. Okay. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Please spread this devotion to others. Our Lord has promised... It will be a means to defeat communism and enemies of the church. For more Catholic resources and to support this vital apostolate with a donation, please visit our website, Fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. Every donation is appreciated and needed. Eternal Father, I offer thee the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the other instruments of his passion, that thou may put division in the camp of thine enemies. For as thy beloved Son has said, a kingdom divided against itself shall fall.